be as obedient. And so, God, we thank you for rich harvest, great blessing upon each one in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, a great pleasure and privilege to have Prophet Andre. Um, Christopher and Celia, just quickly come and greet. You're going you're gonna to come up now. Just come and greet quickly. I, I wanted some of the other network pastors, forgive me if I don't ask you today for sake of time, but I just want Christopher and Celia to greet um, because they brought the most people to the conference, <laughs> all of Akastrum. That's why you can feel this holy anointing halo over there. Yeah. So if you run, want to really get blessed, just go walk around there. Amen. <laughs> Good day, everybody. Due to time, I just want to say, um, you know what? When God sent us out 10 years ago, it was like a brand, and we, we took the baton to Wackerstrom. And this weekend, we were able to bring 21 people from our church. And it's the, no <laughs> it's the number of perfection. Yeah. And it's like I wanted them to get the brand of what is going on at ACF, because we are submitting under ACF. Yeah, um, we, we, due to time, we can, uh, I don't want to share a lot, but we can share testimony upon testimony upon testimony of what God is doing there, small things. I'll just share one small one. I, I love my dogs, and um, my, my reach back um, had a kind of a growth on her, and I took her to the vet, and the vet said, um, she can't really do anything about it. And as I walked out, I just touched and I said, Lord, you know my love for this dog and you love me. So whatever um, I desire, you will give me. And that growth just got smaller and smaller and it disappeared. After a while, there was only a small little hairless patch and today she's healed. So small things like that, everyday things like that. If I can believe for it and get it, so can you. Just to say something about the offering we gave, gave Pastor John since we started. We did it out of obedience. We did it last year as well. And uh, someone in our church gave a sacrificial offering. It was really a sacrificial offering. And it was my heart's desire to bring the whole church. And all the expenses are paid because of that sacrificial offering <laughs> for the stay this weekend. Wow. I mean, that's, that's really awesome. Amen. Miracle signs and wonders happening there, and great revival is going to be there. Um, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, there was a man there by the name of D. Bryant, um, really affected and impacted by John G. Lake's ministry. And in the little Wackerstrom, the lively stream there, right by the bridge that President Paul Kruger built, the first converts were baptized in the stream there. So there's a history of revivals, and those wells need to be opened. Amen? And they are, and they're going to be even more. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Prophet Andre, thank you. Love you. Come, go for it. Take my notes. Amen. Good morning, ACF. Good morning. Blessing to see every one of you. Uh, when I arrive here, it takes me an hour to get in because we have to greet everyone, and uh, it's a blessing. Um, I have a friend of Germany that uh, traveled with me recently, and so... We arrived at my house, and uh, I kissed my wife when I arrived. Then my mom came, and I kissed her. And then my aunt came, and I kissed her. And then this German said to me, there's too much kissing happening here. <laughs> Is this normal? And I, and I tried to explain to him our South African tradition. And I said to him, listen, if you're going to be longer here than a week, someone is going to kiss you. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so 
Benjamin, <laughs> it's, it's, okay, you love it, okay. <laughs> um, and so, uh, Benjamin's from Switzerland, there's a little village that I ministered in uh, a few years ago called Vardensville, and uh, he was connected to that church, and um, I have asked him to come and travel with me for uh, 10 days, and just to spend some time in fellowship with him, and uh, what God's doing in his life. He is a remarkable uh, man, he has got four children. And so that already puts him right up there. And uh, then he is involved in so many things. He is a, a butler in Switzerland. Now, when you are a butler for royalty, it's something different. And so he is a butler there. And I don't want to share too much information about that, but that's what he does. And then also he's a gardener. And then also he's a beekeeper. He has got 10 colonies of bees. And as he tells me about the bees, the smell of coffee comes through. So he's also a coffee roaster. Down, if he goes down, he's got his own machine. He roasts coffee and works that. And, just, and, then, and, then, and then he has chickens. And he <laughs> sells chickens. And he's got so many things that he is doing. But a few years ago, he took his wife and children and they left Switzerland. They went to stay at Bethel for two years. They just stayed there as a family, and God really sparked healing in his heart and to pray for the sick and the supernatural. And so he's called for ministry, and there's something upon his heart to make an impact and touch people's lives. Now, Switzerland and Germany, Europe needs God, and I really believe that he is here over these couple of days, and God is reigniting, refiring him to go back and to go now. There's already major powerful miracles that's happening through his life. One of the things, testimonies about uh, a Catholic church that where they, that they used, and the Catholic Church invited him back now as well to come and do meetings there and to pray for the sick and that. And so God's moving all over the world. And so that's Benjamin, and I uh, really believe that God has assignment for him here in these couple of days to ignite what's upon his life. And also Andre is traveling with me. He abandoned me last night, but he is with me. And um, he came to represent... He, <laughs> he came to represent the Andres, and so um, he's here with me. I've done many conferences in Mossel Bay, women's conference, men's conferences, and Andre is also one of our speakers there. He carries a revelation of Christ, and so he's a very powerful um, speaker when it comes to that, and they, have, they pastor a church called Pleroma House in Oatswarang, and it is growing. They, they uh, went to the second facility, and it's moving. God's really doing something phenomenal, and their church has extraordinary coffee. That they, uh, that they sell. Um, they are in a coffee shop, uh, or the coffee shop is in them or something, but um, that's them. And so, greetings for my wife and to the boys. We just returned from uh, America and Canada. We were there for three and a half months, and so we just came back recently, and we had a phenomenal time in, um, in uh, America and also Canada. And all those Canadians that watched the live stream, we went to visit them. I went to, uh, specifically to Chris Lindbergh's farm. Now, I like Dom, like Chris Lindbergh, but that guy is doing something phenomenal for God in that area. He's in an area that's called Deadwood, that's the area, and uh, God is, uh, went to the site where they're doing the Mighty Men's the Prayer Meeting, and it's growing, and God is doing phenomenal things there, phenomenal, and uh, got to meet all the people in that community, in that area, and uh, it's really so, no, I want you to know that there's, there's a lot of people that follow the live stream and uh, they are doing something somewhere over the world, and uh, so they eat and feed from this. And so it was a blessing to be with them, and, uh, but I'm grateful to be back in South Africa. 
Right now, at this moment, we have an open invitation to stay anywhere in the world. We can move to Dubai, we can move to America, we can move to Europe, we can stay anywhere. We've got open invitations. We choose to live in South Africa. And the reason for that is that the presence of God is evident in this nation. Evident. There is something different in our nation. There is a, there's something here. Prophet Ed always used to say to me that uh, he comes once a year, and he always said to me that that month that he spends here is his highlight. And uh, I could never understand that. And now in this three months in America, I, I looked forward. I couldn't wait to come back to South Africa because the church in many nations, Canada um, and America, Australia, the church is dead. It's dead. And uh, I'm going to touch on some of that this morning. There's, there's no hunger, no desire for God's presence. Nothing. You know, <laughs> in Switzerland, by the time now, in Switzerland, we've already had four meetings, four services. And so it's, 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 it's different um, how, <laughs> how the church is functioning. And it's not about the time of that. It's about the hunger. If people don't have a need. If they are in medical aid and in finances and every area, they're healthy and wealthy. They don't need God. And so even in Canada now, it was challenging to be there because there's no need for God. The churches are packed. They're wealthy. They're doing well. They're successful in the natural, but no desire for God. No. God's one of the ten things on their list. It's not the, the number one thing. It's one of the ten. It's we'll do it when we have time. And so because of that, there's no hunger. There's no, I've been in meetings in America now with some of the great speakers that you watch on television. I've sat in those meetings and there's absolutely no presence of God. Nothing. There's nothing there. I'm sitting there and the pastor says, can you feel it? No, I don't feel anything. No, I can't feel it. I, there's nothing. There's no, there's, no, there's no presence of God. It's all, uh, all fabricated. And it's so sad to me that we have exchanged the, we have substituted the glory of God for something else. And that becomes dangerous as we replace it for something else. And that's what we need. We need the presence of God back. Those people that you saw this morning that were raising up their hands, and there were some of them that were raising up their hands a little bit higher, it's because they need God, because they're desperate. And so don't, don't sit here and judge, judge them. They need a breakthrough, and they need it now. Do you know what's happening in their lives? They need God to help now, <laughs> in this hour. And so we need that hunger. That hunger stirs up the glory, draws the glory to a place. And so we have to be hungry. Whatever you lose, don't lose your hunger. Don't lose your hunger. Don't lose your hunger. You have to keep on being hungry. Okay? Amen. Let's pray and we can start. Thank you, Father, for the word. Thank you, Lord, for revelation this morning. Thank you, Father, that even as, Lord, as I speak now, that, Lord, your anointing will just increase. And, Father, we pray for impartation for people this morning. Father, as we, as we share the word, there will be, we will demonstrate the word, Father. We will lay hands on people. We will receive impartation. We will not just speak about the fire, Father. We will touch the fire this morning. And Father, I declare that every person that's in this room, that they will be touched. They will not leave this meeting the same. I declare that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's difficult for me to even speak after Pastor John. I don't know what to say after he's been on the pulpit because he's already done everything. He's uh, taught, preached, prayed, laid hands on, on the sick, raised the dead, prophesied. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> it's a blessing to be connected to you, and uh, and uh, it really, it's. I, I feel family when I'm here with you guys. It's really a good spirit. And that's what the church needs all over the world. It needs family, not just members. It needs family. So thank you for the invitation. 
Bev, still my favorite, unfortunately. Um, I'm going to get her number. You know, sometimes he bullies me. But this morning I thought, I'm going to speak to Bev about it. She's going to be my, my covering from now on. I'm going to text her. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thankful for them as a couple. All the pastors and ministers that's here, um, we honor you. Um, all of them. Pastor Darby and Madeleine, they do, they're doing a credible thing in Marble Hall. And uh, they've grown spiritually tremendously. You've jumped from one place to another place. It's just a different authority on you. Even at the celebration, um, there's just a different bolt. There's an authority that you carry. And that authority comes with sacrifice. That's where it comes from. It's not something you can just, someone can pray for you. It comes through sacrificial things that you've done. And so that authority is evident upon your life when you, when you, when you speak. I want you to know that. And so in all the other, the Wackerstrom group and people and pastors here, we honor you. Now, uh, those of you that have read my book, in my book there's a short part where I speak about uh, this example that I give about that God is not living in a building. And so when I grew up, the, there was a caretaker close to the church, and he made sure that God stayed in the church. I share it in the book. And so that caretaker is here this morning. And so, Umbram, would you just stand? Just stand. Where's this? Where is this? And so this is, they were, I grew up in, in the church where, where they were involved, and this is the person that I'm speaking about in the book. And so, so it's not just a story, it's, it's who they are. And so stand, 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 stand. Okay. So this morning, I want to honor you for even um, the seed or the impact that you've made in my life as a child. And so uh, through the years, you have impacted so many people, so many. And so I don't know what the age was, but I mean, from 7 to 15, uh, that age in my life, you made an impact. And so I want you to know that. And I honor you for that. And God is doing tremendous things through other people's lives, but through my life as well. And I want you to know that you are connected to that. Everything that I do, where I go, it's because of people like you that have pushed us, that have planted seeds in us when we were young. And so I honor you for that this morning. Thank you so much. Bless you. Maybe see that. Amen. They're good people, <laughs> very good people. Okay, I, I can't remember what I did during that age, and so I hope it was, I hope it was. <laughs> anyway, but, but what I do remember is that I had some of the best naps in that church <laughs> as a child. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, those days we had to be in church. Um, there was Sunday school, but we had to sit in those meetings. Um, and uh, it, was, it was meetings where we, where we experienced the power of God. You know, when I got to school on, on Monday, my friends used to say that, you know, our parents were drunk on Saturday night. And I said to them, well, the pastor's wife was drunk on Sunday, if that, if that counts. <laughs> so I don't know what they were talking about. <laughs> but uh, I grew up in a church where we saw the presence of God. It was, I mean, it was there. It was part of that. And so I'm thankful for that, that I got exposed to the glory, exposed to the presence of God. Amen. Amen. Let's get into the Word. The message this morning is entitled, Leaving Your Nets. Leaving Your Nets. And so you can read with me in Mark chapter 1, verse 14. It says, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus calls his first disciple. 
As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. He said, Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. We're living in a time now where God is enabling and God is mobilizing the church. If we say the church, we do not refer to a building, we're referring to a people. And so God is immobilizing His people right now. During a time where Jesus spoke and said that, that we have to pray for the workers. Let's pray for the workers. It was a critical time then. During that specific time, they say that more than 90% of the church was already mobilized and effective in the villages and towns. And during a time where 90% of the people were mobilized, Jesus said, we need to pray for the workers. We need workers. And so how much more today, in the time that we live in right now, do we need the workers? Do we need people to stand up and people to go? And so the message this morning, leaving the nets. These were men that was focused on their job description and what they had. And then Jesus came to them and he called them and said, I'm going to make you fishers of people. I'm going to use you and through your life to touch people out there. Now, in this season, I believe and prophetically, I re release it over you this morning that God is calling all of us to fish for people. He's calling us. There's a great harvest that is coming in, but someone needs to catch the harvest. There's, there's, there's a harvest that's happening. But someone needs to collect the harvest. Someone needs to catch the harvest. Someone needs to bring them, connect them within the local church, within a spiritual family. We have to get the harvest out there. We're living in a time where people in South Africa are desperate. Yeah. They've never been as desperate as they are in this season, in this moment. People are desperate for God. They need God. But it's also opportunity for us to become fisher of men, to go out and to bring in souls, to bring in people and to connect them. You may sit here this morning and say, well, if I don't, if I invite them, they won't come. Just invite them. Just invite them. Just invite them. See what will happen if you connect them. Uh, like uh, the Wackerstrom Church who came here, but they came here and, they, and as, as a pastor couple, they brought the group. And so we need finances and we, we need resources so that we can do that, so that we can send a bus to pick up people and we can bring them. We need resources to buy a third vehicle, to buy a combi or a minibus in your own household, to say, listen, wife and children, well, you can go to church, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up some people. I'm going to stop at a couple of places. There's many people that would have been here this morning if they just had transport. Many people love to be here. But they just need transport. They just need someone that will reach out to them to say, listen, okay, I'll pick you up. I'll help you. Now, it's not your responsibility to take that person or that load upon your life. But let me tell you, when you bring, let me tell you, that person will walk here, but they will leave you with a car. They will walk here, but God will touch their life and God will change things for them so that they'll be able to buy a vehicle, get a promotion, get a breakthrough, but they need to be in the presence. There's still one thing that you cannot get through YouTube, through podcasts, through watching sermons. You still need to be in the meeting. There's an anointing for every meeting that's upon the meeting. 
And so you can listen to YouTube, you can listen to all these speakers, but there's nothing can be transferred through that media, through that method. And so thank God for these speakers and people that's there, but we need the meeting. We need the gathering. God still honors the gathering. He still honors the meeting. And so if you keep on watching live stream or YouTube, you will always miss something in your spiritual life. There will always be a part that you will not have. And so you need the laying of hands. And so this morning, when we're doing these meetings, where it's also a time of laying on hands, it's a time of importation. So we have many of the pastors here, and there's a reason, a purpose for that, because what we do here cannot happen on YouTube, cannot happen on Facebook Live. It happens in the meeting. And so we can, I know the pastors cannot all be here every Sunday, but we have these conferences for this, so that we have a time of importation. And we take this importation very seriously. Because when we anoint people and we lay hands on them, we can't undo it. We can't change it. The only way to undo it is to kill them. But you can't change it. When, you, when we, touch, we, we touch you this morning and we pray for you and we anoint you, it's something that's, that comes upon your life. And so God takes it seriously when we call for these moments, for these meetings. And then the other thing is that there's a corporate anointing here. It's a different, I mean, there's great men and women of God in this room. And so there's, a, there's things that's possible here that's not possible somewhere else. I've seen people that come and they don't understand the difference between the gift and the office and, 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 uh, and prof being prophetic. And people can come here and they can function the gift of prophecy, but when they leave the building, they can't. Because there's anointing upon the meeting, on the meeting right here. And so we have to honor the gathering that we are here now. The world system is a system of working and getting a reward. That is the world system. The world system is not we pay you, then, then you do the work. The world system is first work, first labor, and then you get rewarded for that. That's the world system. We grow up with Father Christmas. Father Christmas comes back once a year to give gifts to the good children, not the bad ones, the good ones. If you've been good for the year, then you'll get something. And so we grow up in a system where you get, <laughs> you get blessed on your works and what you've done. But we are part of a different system. We're part of a heavenly system. We're part of a kingdom system that doesn't work that way. We have a God that blesses us before we go, before we leave. And so this morning, even as we anoint you, we don't anoint you for what you've done. We anoint you and we empower you for what you're going to do, for where you're going. And so <laughs> if we have to look at what you've accomplished then there's going to be some people who's not going to get anything today. Me included. But I thank God that He doesn't look at that. He comes and he, we, he first blesses us to go out and to be a blessing out there. And so being a blessing out there is to touch people's lives. Every person in this room must be in some way, must be involved with souls. Some way you must be involved, connected to catching people, fishing for people, fishing for people. The whole purpose of this is to build God's kingdom. It's not just to, to create a gathering where we all become like one another. It's to bring in people. We don't expand the building because we like building projects. You know, I, I'm busy building currently at the moment. And let me tell you, if you want to see if you're saved, build. I mean, it's not the <laughs> easy things to be involved. But we don't do it for that. We do it for the people. 
We put aircons in this building, not because we want to be comfortable, it's because we want the fish to be comfortable. We want them to come in. We want them to enjoy the time here so that God can move. That's the purpose of that. And so I want to encourage you, and I want to put a mandate upon you this morning to bring the people. Bring the people. Bring the people. And then secondly, to go beyond that and to say, God, I want to trust you for some way. I'm not saying that you need to step into a place where you need to get 10 buses to get people, but start somewhere. Trust God and say, Lord, I want to do more. I want to, I want to bring people. I mean, whether it's all people, I mean, they will be so grateful for someone to pick them up. So grateful. There's someone. And so all of this pressure is not just on the leader or the pastor. It's upon all of us to build the kingdom, to touch people, to bring them in for the kingdom of God. Now, leaving the nets in your own life is what I want to speak about this morning. Now, in Mark chapter 10, verse 17, a young ruler Young wealthy man comes to Jesus, and in Mark 10, verse 17, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to inherit eternal life? He says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these things I've kept since I was a boy. I like this part. Jesus looked at him and loved him. (laughs) Jesus looked at him and loved him. Jesus loves it when people are hungry. He loves it when people are hungry. This man is hungry. He's coming to him and he's saying, what can I do? Tell me what to do. Just give me direction. I'm hungry. I want more. And so Jesus are drawn to the hunger in his life. It's not about the other stuff, about the hunger. In my time in, in um, first world nations now, I've sensed that and, and be, being, going to these churches, the Lord had to give me a word for them and what to do and how to bring the hunger back. See, when it comes to the anointing, we can put a demand on the anointing. The meeting has an anointing. Uh, Prophet John has an anointing. I carry anointing. Every minister carries anointing. So we can put a demand on that. I can put a demand on what I have. But the glory is drawn to hunger. Where there's a hunger, then the glory comes in. Different capacity. And so as I've been traveling to first world countries, it's been challenging for me this because one thing that I've experienced with first world countries is that first world countries are nations of abundance. America is a nation of abundance. More than enough, a really abundance. Abundance in every way. It, it overflows. Abundance. Every area, it's abundance. But when abundance is not stewarded, then people become ungrateful and unfaithful. We don't steward what they have. When a Christian becomes ungrateful... They start to go down a path where that person loses their hunger. That is the worst thing that can happen to a Christian. The worst thing. When you lose your hunger, you are in a desert. Desert. And so I'm not saying that, you, that, that I'm not for abundance, that I'm not for overflow. But it's very, very important that when there's any form of abundance or overflow in your life, to be grateful to remain grateful for what you have. 
I mean, like Prophet John said today, we thank God for the tar around the potholes. I mean, we're grateful for that. Thank you, Lord. That's it. We have to have a mindset in life of gratefulness. And so America and these first world countries have so much abundance. It's so easy that people are not faithful anymore. Now, as I minister now all over the world, people are less and less and less and less getting married. They just live together. They don't get married any. It's, it's not the, it's normal in churches for people not to get married in first world countries. They don't have to. It's normal. And so when I minister to people and I say, how long have you been together now? We've been living for 15 years together. There's no idea why do we have to get, it's just, a, it's just a financial thing. And so no, we don't have to do it. And so abundance can make people unfaithful if they, don't, if they are not grateful what they have. And then it's so easy to get out of that relationship because there's no commitment. Very easy to jump from one relationship to another relationship because it's easy. We're going to be okay. There's no financial. The government will take care of you. Finances won't be a problem. And so it'll be better for us to leave each other. It's no it, it encourages people not to get married, and it encourages people to get divorced. These things that I'm talking about is coming to South Africa. <laughs> it's coming to South Africa. The things that's happening with children all over the world, how our children are, the system is training children not to have honor and respect for people. That is the system that they grow up in. And so in this, in this environment, people lose their hunger. They're not hungry anymore. And so we have to push for hunger. I'm not saying we need to have 10-hour meetings every Sunday. But I'm saying that once a month, once on a conference, sometimes we need to put out the time to really press, press and, and stir up a hunger for God's people. Now, as believers, we can create a hunger. We can create a hunger. I can stir up an appetite for what is happening. I can create a hunger. And so it is our responsibility. I'm speaking to the pastors in the house. It is our responsibility to create a hunger for the people. Because when there's a hunger, there will be a visitation. Then God will come and he will meet the people. And so he says to this rich ruler, he says, Jesus looked at him and he loved him. And then he says the second thing. He says, one thing you lack, he said, Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. This, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Great wealth. What is sad to me about the story is that he misses what the instruction and the guidance of Jesus. Jesus tells him what to do, and then he, he leaves, his face is downcast, and he leaves and he's not mentioned again. Sleeves doesn't don't know what happened with this man's life. Now, why does Jesus say to this man, "Leave your wealth, leave that"? What is it about? Is it about Jesus that wants all of us to leave everything that we have accumulated? Is it about the fact that Jesus wants us to sow our bank accounts empty every Sunday? Why does he say this? And why does he speak to this man specifically about this? The reason what, why he's speaking to this man about this is because this man has found his identity in his wealth. And Jesus is saying, I want you to sacrifice what you've put your identity in. It's not about the wealth. But, this, but the wealth is who you have become. You think that is who you are. 
And so I want you to leave your identity, a false identity. And so this morning, prophetically, I'm speaking to us as a family, and I'm saying, it's time to leave the nets. What is the nets? The nets is the things in the world that gives you identity, that forms the identity in your life. Does the title pastor give you identity? Does the title prophet give you your identity? Does finances, does money give you identity? Is that, is that who you are? Those natural things in the world that is giving you identity is a sign of false identity, and you are missing your true identity, who you are in Christ, because of that substitute. Now, the world system, unfortunately, pushes this 24 hours a day. The world system tells us that this is success. This is the right identity. I mean, even in preachers today, I've met two, I've met two celebrity pastors in America now, celebrity guys, that are being branded by the world to sell merchandise. If I, sell merchandise, if I say merchandise, they're suits. They're being sponsored by a company to sell suits, to sell shoes, to sell watches. They've got a watch company that is supporting that minister to sell merchandise, to, to market that for them. Two major names in America that's doing that. They're being sponsored by that. And so the world system is taking, even in the Christian world, is taking a pastor and brand, brands that pastor and puts that pastor on, on, uh, on, in the media and say, this is what a true pastor looks like. And so it's so influenced that even in church, even in, in, I mean, in, a, in a Christian environment, that the world has entered that place and suddenly, suddenly pastors look at these models and they think that, that that's what we have to be. That is what we have to look like. We have to look like that. We have to dress like that. We have to drive that vehicle. We have to, and so, and so the world pushes 24 hours a day, pushes a false image of security and identity and success constantly. And so this morning I'm speaking to you because there's areas in your life as well that you, you have placed your identity in those things. And so Jesus comes to the disciple and says, leave the nets. Leave what gives you identity. Because I'm going to give you your, your true identity. Come with me. I'm going to teach you who you really are. Really are. And you're not going to find your identity anymore in natural things. Yes, we need those things. But that's not who you are. You know, when, it, when you uh, become, and those businessmen that's in the room, when you start to work with hundreds of millions, you always one decision away from bankruptcy. Always. One bad choice. One bad choice. <laughs> Everything can turn around with one bad choice. And that's not who you are. That is not your identity. But if you allow that to become your identity, then Jesus comes and says, I want you to leave the nets. Leave. Sell everything. Give it to the poor. Everything. And come and follow me. Because I want you to find your true identity in who you are. You see, when your identity is found in those things and you lose that, then it's a place for the enemy to come in and attack you. And the enemy says that you are unworthy, you're not a man, you're not successful, you can't take care of your, you take, you can't take care of your family because now you don't have, you have enough money to keep your kids in school. And so the attack is upon that because it was a place of false identity. And so Jesus is coming and saying, leave the nets. I'm going to make you a fisher of men, fisher of people. 
I'm going to send you out, and you're going to find your true identity and true purpose. I want you to know this morning that your bank account is not a reflection of who you are. Mine is, I've got a, my bank account is always full and empty, full and empty. And so if that was my identity, (laughs) I can't place my identity upon that because then I'll be, I won't know who I am. And so your, your bank account is also not a reflection of the purpose of your life. That's not your purpose. It is a tool. It's something, a resource that God can use. Yes, that's not who you are. You can't look at that. And so the sign of what I'm saying this morning is when you go through a financial crisis in your life and it takes your boldness away, then it means that was your identity. If it makes you feel like I have to be quiet now, I can't... It affected your boldness. It affected your confidence. It means that your identity was in the wrong place, the wrong area. Now, people say they live by faith. That's what they say. The Word says you will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. That's what the Word says. But the more and more I spend time with people, I realize they don't live by faith. They don't. They don't know, I mean, they have it all. They must come with me. I'll show them what is faith. My dad always said, the first thing to, to really live by faith is you need a strong stomach. Yeah. The first thing. <laughs> so to live by faith is not to have a plan B, C, D, E, a backups for backups for backups. That's not faith. That's not faith. I'm sharing this with you because we are going into a time we're going we're gonna to learn how to live by faith. God's going to teach us to live by faith. Because in what we are going in now, not just in South Africa, all over the world, I thank God for this season that we're in. Because you're going to see faith arise now. You're going to see how people step into what they, what they really should step into. And so living in faith is not, is not that my budget is a million and I have, nine, I have 900,000 in the bank account. That's not faith. Faith is I don't have the million. <laughs> that is faith. And so I want to ask you a question this morning. No, no, no judgment. How many, what percentage of your life that you live is really faith? It's really faith. People say they live by faith, but no. When it comes to your children, your family, your finances, everything in your life, we, everything is so in place that we don't need to live by faith. We have to live by faith for the little bit extra that we want. But our lives are not faith-based. And this is what I say in first world countries all over the world, is they have started to put everything in their life in order in such a way that it has completely worked God out of their life. It started with a, little, with a couple of things, a little bit, a little bit, and that's, that's what the enemy does. It's not everything at once. It comes, it comes against us. No, 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 you need to take. And so this morning... I've, I've preached this about this. I was 18 years old, and I've, I've preached this message. And I thought when I preached it, I thought, no, no, maybe I'm missing it. Maybe um, I made the wrong statement. And then God spoke to me about it now again. And God said to me, he said, Andre, there is clearly a difference between giving your heart to me and your life to me. There's a difference between the two. 
And the longer I live this faith journey, I realize that people have given their hearts, but not their lives. They've given their hearts, but their lives are still their own. So what does it mean? When you really give your life to God, He makes the decisions. He makes decisions. It's not just about, this is what I want to do, this is where I want to go, this is where I want to live. It's when you give your life to Him, He's in charge of that. But if He's in charge of that, then you wait upon Him and you say, God, what do you want? What do you want from me? Where do you want me to be? That's where I want to be. And so this morning, I want to pray with you that He would come and He would align you again. And this morning, I want to I want to make a special, a special altar call this morning, a special one. And the altar call this morning is an altar call for you to lay down your dreams. It's not for everyone. <laughs> to lay down your dreams, to lay down your ambition, to lay down what you want to achieve, and to take up what He has for you to abandon the nets this morning, to leave your nets, those things that, that you think gives you identity, and you think, I can't live without it. I must have that. I have to be here. I need, I need this. I need to be in this place. I have a friend of mine that, that is in a company, and uh, in this company that he's in, the company has uh, just over 100 million rand they have available for for entertainment, for traveling, for in, to entertain people. And so as a CEO in this company, that was his budget, 100 million, that he has available whenever he needs to do something. And so suddenly, <laughs> and so because of that, he has entertained many people. And, and I mean, it is, there's no limit to what they can do. They, whatever needs to be done, where in the world they can do it, they can host people. And so suddenly now he's retiring from that company and, and um, he's still wealthy, but he's losing that benefit. He's losing that 100 million backup that he has. And suddenly, his entire identity is distorted. Because he says, I cannot be what I've been to people anymore. And suddenly, his entire identity is busy falling apart. Because his identity was found in that and that's who people think he is. And so suddenly, the whole thing collapses. Now, this is a major thing. But it's the same effect when your identity is found in something small. If you get so used to be appreciated in that position at work, and suddenly you get retrenched, then the same thing. You lose your identity. You're so used to being in that position and getting, I mean, everyone on Monday, they're excited that you're there and they're happy and and then suddenly you don't have that position anymore. And suddenly you lose your boldness. You feel your life doesn't have value anymore. Because your value was not found in your purpose, but in the natural things. I want to say it again. I want you to hear this this morning. Your bank account is not a reflection of who you are. When you draw that balance statement, that balance is not a spiritual balance of where you are. It's, it's not what it is. Don't look at those numbers because there will be times where there is more than enough. And then there's times where you're going to live by faith from day to day, from week to week. It's nothing to do with that. That's not who you are. That's not your identity. Don't put it in those things. And so God is coming this morning and He's speaking to you as a rich ruler. 
He's speaking to you and He's saying, you're saying, what can I do more, God? I want more. I want to go deeper. I'm hungry. I want to experience more. What can I do? And then He speaks. He says, what I want you to do is let go of that. Let go of that. Now, that will determine what will happen from here in your life. It, it will determine where you're going. I look at the life of Jesus, and I'm ending with this, in the way that he has ministered, in the way that he handles himself. I look at his life. And he speaks about these things. And as he speaks about this, about who's the greatest, about who's the king, in that same sentence, he starts to wash the feet of his disciples. We will say, no, 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 Jesus, no, no, you the leader. Just said, we're going to wash. He says, no, 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 my, don't, put, don't put my value, don't look down on me because this is not who I am. I, I can serve because I know my identity. I don't have to serve to find my identity. I can be a blessing to anyone because of, because of who I am. So blessed in Port Elizabeth now, last week, witnessing Port Elizabeth, we had to go to the bank quickly, and so the pastor phoned. He said, he said what bank do you need to go to? He said, Standard Bank. He said, um, oh, the bank manager is in the church, so we're going to just phone him, and, and whatever you need to do, you go straight to him, and the bank is going to help you. And so we walk into that bank, no cues, nothing, just he helps us with something very small. He doesn't need to do that, but helps us. And so that was the morning. The evening, we go to church, and uh, as we drive into the parking lot, here's a guy standing with a sign that says, Welcome. And we drove in, I look at him, and it's the bank manager. It's the guy who helped us in the bank today. The same guy standing there. His identity, he knows who he is. Because he, know, because he knows who he is, he can serve. It's not found in that. And Pastor Peter defends church. There's a, there's a guy, Zulu guy there, very wealthy property magnate here in Santon. And this guy has come to Pastor Peter and he said to him, listen, I want to, I want to minister in the church. And what I would like to do is every speaker that comes up on the platform to preach, I want to polish the shoes before, the, before it. And so he's a major guy here in Santon. But then the meeting starts. He comes in, he kneels takes your shoes off your feet, polishes your shoes. It is impossible not to weep. Not to weep. doesn't have to do that. But his identity is not found in that. It's not in that. And so Jesus comes, and it's very important because if you find your identity in, in natural things, it'll be impossible for you to serve because you want to try to maintain your position. No one can see you serving because you have to fight to be in that position. But when you know who you are, it's easy to serve. It's easy to be a blessing to someone else. And so Jesus washes the feet of his disciple, and there's a little bit of an argument that starts there in John 13. And Simon says, he says no, no, you can't wash my feet. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Uh, and he explains it to me. He says, well, then you need to wash my feet and my head and my hands and everything. And he says in John 13, he says, um, if you've bathed, you don't have to, well, I don't have to, to wash your entire body. I just have to wash your feet. And so the prophetic symbol of that is that we only get saved once. We only get bathed once. It's once. But our feet needs to be cleansed 
regularly by the word. Regularly. And so you're saved. You've bathed. I don't have to wash the body. Baptism is a testimony of, of that. But the feet needs to be washed. And you're saying, Andre, but why don't see Pastor John wash feet? He does it once a year. We wash people's feet every Sunday by the word. Every Sunday when we preach the word, their feet get washed regularly, 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 cleansed regularly. What's amazing to me is he says that Jesus took his, his, took his, took his cloak and he took that to dry their feet. It means that the dirt was transferred from their feet to his cloak. Transfer there. And so he says to his disciples, he says, if I, I don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. You're not walking in grace or in forgiveness or in that. And so allow me to serve you. Accept the sacrifice that I've given, that I've laid down my life, that I've offered up my identity so you can find who you are. But find your identity in Christ in where you are. Amen? Amen. Let's close our eyes. I want to ask someone to play for me, please. Thank you, Alka. This morning, I'm not speaking to you. God's speaking to you. God's speaking to you. He's working with you. He's working in your heart right now. I want you to know one very important thing is God knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you're going through. He's so aware of it. He knows where you are. But He wants you to find your identity in the right place. Find your identity, who you are. And so this morning... I'm going to make a couple of outer calls in that. And so this morning, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with people that is willing to leave their nets. Leaving your net, I'm not saying quit your job. Leaving your net is leaving the things that gives you security, that gives you your identity. Leaving those things. Not putting your identity in that anymore. And so I want to pray with you this morning. If you are that rich ruler that's saying I want more what do I need to do what's the next step from here then the word is this morning leave leave the nets follow me leave the nets and so if you're in that position this morning I want you to stand I would love to pray with you I want to pray with you that God will restore your identity it's completely between you and God God's working in your life God's working your business. God's working your ministry. There's people here this morning that have to surrender their dreams to God. You're trying to work it. You're trying to make it. You're trying to, you trying to get it to manifest. Surrender it to Him. Surrender it to Him. Say, God, I give this back to you. I give it to you. Give it to you. Whatever you have for me, come and do what you want to do in my life. I want to pray with people right now, people that have lost their boldness. If you have lost your boldness, I want you to stand. doesn't matter what. If you lost your boldness because of financial crisis in your life, if you've lost your boldness because of sickness or disease, if you lost your boldness, I want to pray with you this morning, God restore. You'll find your true identity. You know, when I speak about Christ, I have boldness. I have boldness because I know what's backing me up. I know what power I'm connected to. <laughs> I can take big steps of faith when, when I know my identity. 
I'm not limited to what Andre has done or achieved or my, my little brain. I'm, I'm, when, I, when I take up the mind of Christ, the identity of Christ, suddenly nothing is impossible. I have faith to do the impossible because of that. Father, I pray with every person right now that's standing. Pray for them, Father. I pray for boldness to come back into their lives right now. I release boldness upon them. Boldness. Father, thank you for the purpose that you have for, for them. That there's great purpose upon their life. That their bank balance is not a reflect of their assignment or a reflection of what they've done or what they've achieved. That's not who they are. It's a method. It's not who they are. Their true identity is in Christ. Their true purpose is safe in you. That's who they are. As long as they breathe, that is not ended. Their assignment is not ended. It's not ended. Father, I pray for people this morning, people that will leave the nets and will become fisher of men. People will go and will gather the people. They'll bring them. Become fisher of men. Fisher of men. Will fish for those people out there. Will pick them up. I pray for a hunger and a desire in their hearts for the lost. That their minds will not just be about themselves and what they achieve, but that those that cannot be here. That it'll be, it'll be like a burden upon them for the lost to say, I, I can't miss them. I have to, I have to reach out to them. That they'll be on their minds. I pray for that. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Maybe see that. Thank you. Look at the person next to you and say, My identity is in Christ. My identity is in Christ. Look at the person on the other side and say, side. say to them, If you are looking for me, you'll find me in Christ. You're looking for me. <laughs> That's where I am. <laughs> I want you to know if, if we have to, uh, we have this app uh, that we use, Life360, where our whole family is on, on there where we locate and track everyone the whole time. And so I want you to know that, that on a GPS, if I have to find your location right now, if I have to look for you, it's in Christ. That's where I'll find you. That's where you're seated right now. To look where you are. You're not in South Africa, Johannesburg at this moment. You're in Christ. That's where you locate. That's where you function from. Amen? Okay. What's your name? Is it Dan? With the, sir, with the check shirt, yeah, with the lady with the red next, next to you. What's your name, sir? Yes. What's your name? Ken. Ken. Stand, please. Who's next to you? Just stand. Who's next to you? Who's next to you? Wife. And are you married? Yes. It's a very, it's a very important decision nowadays. How long are you married? 38 years. Let's give them a hand. Very long time. Well done. What do you do for a living? Everything but anything. What do you want to do? But what is that? In what line of work? You are? Fleet manager. Okay, for a company, for your own company, or for a company. Okay. This morning as you stood there in front, I clearly saw the hand of God coming upon your life. Everything that's not working now in your life is about to work. Everything is falling apart. God's busy bringing it together. And now, the reason why I'm asking you, who do you work with or where do you work, is because I see that God wants you to start to take the lead. Take the lead, to run in front, to 
run in front, take the lead. So whether that means having your own business, your own facility, your own place, or whether it's a promotion, but I see it's time to lead. It's time to run in front, to take the lead where you are. Something that has happened not once but twice, and it has taken your boldness away. Suddenly you felt that, that, that you don't have that same fire, that same drive, that same boldness in you, and so you are blaming yourself for things that was completely out of your control. You had no control of it, no. And so I'm here this morning to confirm that you couldn't do anything. It is out of your control, out of your control. But we serve a God that's in control. Should we serve? And so God will iron out all these wrinkles and things in your life and He will start to straighten your path and bring things together. I do not expect things to go down or to stop. I think I expect things to, to, to be launched, to start up again, to function the way it's supposed to do. It's not time to end. It's not time to step down. It's, not, it's time to move forward. It's time to upgrade. It's time to, to step up to a greater platform and level in your life. You are a dynamic person, dynamic man. So many giftings, different giftings upon your life and uh, definitely no laziness in you. You can work and work and work. You just, I mean, you incredible person. Uh, the knowledge that you have, algemene and kennis, you just have great knowledge about everything. You can quickly, they, they only have to show it to you once and you can do it. Very incredible mind that God has given you. And I'm here this morning to confirm to you that your time's not over. It's not done. It's not done. Some people, some people that's coming up against you and eating some waves um, from the front and left and right and that, don't bother about them. They are small dogs that makes loud noises. And don't listen. Don't be distracted by that. Just move. I'm not calling them dogs, please. <laughs> but uh, uh, just don't listen to that. Move on. Don't listen. It's only distracting you in what you need to do. Your time where you are specifically, there's such an impact that you're making there with the people. You are a natural leader and shepherd. There's many people, if you would have left or not been there, they would have left a long time ago. They're there because of you. You're giving them hope. You're helping them to push on. They're looking unto you. Looking unto you. You carry many families. Many families that's connected to you that keeps on, I mean, they're pushing week by week by week because of you. Because they see the encouragement. They see who you are. And so maybe you don't see it right now, but I want you to know what God has placed upon you. God has made you a leader for many. Okay? Do you, do you work, man? Do you work? What do you do? office work, admin work, okay? And are you enjoying that? You're in the church. You're not allowed to lie in church. Okay, how long do you need it all? How many years do you do? Are you doing it? Okay. Now, throughout your life, not where you are right now, where you're working, but throughout your life, you have been underestimated about true capacity that you have and you have not been honored or respected or rewarded the way you've sh you should have been. And so I'm here this morning to honor you for what you've done. For years and years and years, you've given and sown into other people's visions, helped them, and you really you have a lot to give. When you go into a company or place, you immediately you bring balance in that place. You are a blessing where you go. And so this morning, God knows. He knows about all the tears, all the effort, all the sacrifice. He's aware of that. And God is your reward, and not in heaven. In this lifetime, God will reward you for that. There is a time of rest that is coming. I sense that things are busy closing and going down. And you don't have to fight to keep it open. It's a time of rest that God is announcing. And He wants you to rest. He wants you to just breathe. And uh, in rest, He's going to give you fresh vision and reveal a lot of things. It's a beautiful season. 
that's waiting for you. It's nothing that you have to be afraid of or worried. You're going to really see God's hand and favor and intervention in your life in that season like never before. Okay. Amen. Bless you. See you. There's a couple that I look for this morning. Pastor Cecilia. I'll get them now. There they are. Prophet, you want to prophesy anytime? If you want to prophesy anytime. I know you always have a word. You never, never don't have a word. So, welcome anytime. Where's the Wackerstrom people? What's the Wackerstrom means? Is it not your name? Raymond, stop for that. You're your friend. Dame Langshow, is it your friend? Wait. I had a, we were in Dallas, uh, Texas, and uh, there's a guy sitting there, and then uh, I said to him, just stand, and please, if your wife can stand, please, and so, and so another man stood with him, and he, and he said, this is my wife, and I mean, it went quiet in the church, quiet, quiet, and they're both very active and muscular guys, and, uh, and so I just continued to minister, gave him the word that God gave me, and his, his wife, husband, <laughs> started to weep. Weep, weep, weep. And he said, I've never experienced the grace of God in church. We always get condemned. We always get. And so thank you for being gracious to us. And so God is doing phenomenal things in their lives. They have decided to be best friends rather. And uh, God is doing great things with their life. And even in that church, in that ministry, in that. But it was a moment <laughs> where things could have gone horribly wrong. <laughs> Thank God he, uh, he intervened. Yeah. Okay, Raymond and Runel. What do you have for a lever? Sukkies om doen. You can iets opmaak. I don't know. You can make sukkies om doen. What do you have to do? Where is she? Man, ons was in Pietersburg. Ja, wat jy gedoen vir die lewe? Uh, ek het baie goed gedoen. Die wat het jy laaste gedoen? Ja, die laaste ding wat ek gedoen het, ek het vir een brandstofmaatskapie gewerkt. Brandstofmaatskapie? Ek het een tanker van liggerij, ja. Oké. Okay. Uh, ons het die keuze gemaakt om een bykie weg te hardlip, so het ons weg te hardlip, dan vol Kwania wakker stroom toe. Ja, ja, okay. so, so het ons het, ons het besluit, ons gaan maar net die route vat, Sreg, even met die verduidelik, so jy het jou kooi trok uit, of hy het, ach, skies brandstof, as jy gedoen het. Ja, ek het ongeluk okay. gehad met een motorfiets so 5,5 jaar terug. Ok, jy hoef nie vir my te sê, en ek wil net weet wat jy doen. So, right, yes. Jy het kooi brandstof uit. Ok, wat is jou right. ambag, wat het jy geleer om te doen? Uh, ek is een gekwalificeerde dieselmek, en om te... Dit is jou kwalificatie. En jy, wat maak jy? Ons is nog op ons lipo 5. <laughs> lipo 5. En jou, 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 jou richting van opvoeding of opleiding in jou leven? Ek was in die pijpbedrijf. Die pijpbedrijf. En sy het baie met die boere te doen. Hier is, is Boksburg, is baie Pijpbedrijf beteken helemaal iets anders hier zo. Die pijp, dat jy pijp even koop. Ja, en die boere, ja. Oké, okay. wonderful. Dank dat jy gekom het en hier was. Now, God, die Heere, God is completely in control of your life right now. You have never been as close as God, as you are right now. The reason is that you live a life of total surrenderance right now. There's been times in your life where financially and successfully you've been in great heights, but you've never been where you are right now spiritually. You hear the voice of God clearly. You hear the entire move was not you that ran away or anything like that. It was God that told you to move and it was God that opened the door. Now God blesses obedience. 
It was a it was a move in obedience. You did exactly what the Lord wanted to do. Now, the the city, the place where you come from, Polokwane, if you would have stayed longer, it would have destroyed you. You just missed it. You moved at the right moment, the right time. You moved to where God wants you to go. Now, Wackerstrom is a safety net for you. It's a safe place, safe haven, where God is taking you to, not just for what you can do there, but for what God wants to do in your lives. And so God has connected you to this church, this ministry. It's a time of restoration for both of you. It's a time of healing for both of you. I need to make it clear. What happened to you was ungodly, both of you not right, it was ungodly, even though some of them did it through the name of God. It's not from the Lord. It's ungodly. It's a lot of uh, manipulation was over your lives and a lot of anger and uh, accused you of many things and uh, just control, control, control was there. And uh, you, you had to go. God wanted you to leave, wanted to go. Now, there's many negative things that were said over you. Don't worry, they did the same to Jesus. He was, he was called names and that. And so many things that were said over your life, but as you're standing here this morning, I release you from any negative word that was spoken over your lives. Because you've been trying to move forward, trying to prove yourself, but it's keeping, it's holding you. The harder you try, the less it works. And so I release you from that. It's not who you are. You are a faithful man. You are a man of integrity. You are a man of character. You are a great couple, a great asset to the kingdom of God. It's Salomon Joe, same thing with you. Now, you hear the Lord there's a strong flow of dreams and visions upon your life. You do, you're not using it the way you're supposed to. Even though with this move thing, God spoke to you clearly long before that. And uh, you didn't respond. But this time, <laughs> you're going to respond. I see Vakastrum as a, where you are right now. I see you there for a season in your life. Season. Seasons can be a year. It can be five years. There's a season. But then I see another place after that second place you'll move place that you'll go to will not be Polokwane it's a different direction place that you'll move to God is taking you there to restore you putting the right people in your life and that now partners have burned you I mean you you have the <laughs> you have the wisdom and uh, you have the money they have the wisdom and then six months later you have the wisdom they have the money and so <laughs> And they burned you, your partners. And so it's, it's, uh, there's a, um, you carry disappointment in that. You don't know who to trust because of what they've done. And so God has a partnership for you. I see a person that the Lord is connecting you with, and this person will help you a lot. And so I pray. I'm standing in agreement with you this morning. I call that person in. God is for you, and it will help you. You have a lot to give and do. You're very good with your hands and making things work. Not everyone can, can do that. And so you fill a place where you really add value to what you do. Now, there's some form of land or inheritance that was that you lost, was stolen from you. It was supposed to have that. It was taken from you. And so God has land that He has set out for you, and nothing can keep it from you. Nothing. No demon in hell can keep what God has for you. I see land that's supposed to be yours, supposed to be in your name, and I call it forth. The day will come. I secure that land in the spirit for you. I put your name on it. I put the angels of the Lord around it. It's yours. God has set it out for yours. And God will make it possible for you. Possible. God will open up the door. He will do it. God's going to touch your finances. Hear what I'm saying this morning. That's not who you are. It's not who you are. God's going to touch your finances. And He's going to turn it all around. Everything around. There is tremendous wealth upon your life. And throughout 
next couple of years you will see how God will restore you and he will lift you up to the place where he wants you to be the wealth will come back people can steal from you but they can't steal from God so let them take it God will bring it back he will bring it back he will put it back and so God will he has a way of uplifting the humble what I what I love about you and what I'm drawn the reason I'm drawn to you is your humility the humility that you carry it's the right path the right track where you are so are you involved in the church are they what do you do in the church uh, so Okay, now the reason why I'm asking you about it is because I sense that God has called you there not just to be members. People that want be members keep seats warm. But <laughs> sons and daughters, they, they're part of the ministry. Okay, and God has called you there to be part of the team, part of the, to be involved in what is happening there. Both of you involved. There's a greater calling and mandate for you in that, not just to go to the church. There's many things that God wants to do through you in that area. You carry tremendous wisdom. You five by said lot of wisdom and God will use that wisdom to help other people and so the word of the Lord that I have for you this morning is God says keep on helping other people until he helps you make it your motive to say who can I help who can I help with the wisdom that you carry with help others help others help until God steps in and he uplifts lifts you for where you are do you have any children okay son or daughter where is she in Vakashtum as well okay she is an incredible child. Incredible. Really. It's good that they come. It's incredible child. Really, really. Um, definitely born in the wrong family because I don't see either of you in that child. She is the gifting, the talent, the ability she has is incredible. And so God is busy with her. She's a very strong leader. You'll see over the years what will happen. She's called to lead. She's called to push. And that is have multiple... Um, uh, degrees and qualification in life, not just one area. She'll be able to do multiple things. She has the capacity to do it. But she's putting a lot of blame on herself for things that happened. And she has to shake that off completely. It's not her fault. It's things that has happened and she thinks it's because she thinks she's to be blamed. And the enemy likes that. He uses that to to distort um, her purpose. And so I come against it. I pray for her right now for clarity to her mind no harm will come against her. She will know how precious she is and what God has for her and for her future. I declare that in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Be seated. Prophet, my lands. Awesome. Can I have the ashes please move the pulpit? Thank you. You all ready? Amen. Thank you, Prophet Andre. Give him a hand. It was awesome word. Awesome word. You can... um, can see how how the Lord is just uh, connecting everything from Friday night last night tonight and uh, bringing us back to purpose and not being entangled with that spirit of Delilah not getting um, our identity from our nets we're here for a reason and a purpose and a calling that goes higher uh, than what we do than our income and all of those things and we don't draw any identity out of them I like what prophet Kerbis always used to say you can have them just don't let them have you and so, so God wants us to be exceptionally blessed, but to own those things and not allow those things to own us. Amen. And so every conference, we end off on a Sunday morning with um, an anointing service. Now tomorrow, tonight, Prophet, Kribis, uh, Prophet Andre is going to be here. Prophet Kribis is here in the cloud of witnesses. And uh, thank you, Prophet, for being here. Um, but um, Prophet Andre will be here and he's going to take time. We'll just keep everything shorter on the pre-service. 
um, this is a different meeting. Tonight will be a, a, a different meeting. So, so it will be very much the prophetic and just ministering to you. Is that okay? So I'm just going to set him free to just minister. And, um, but thank you for being here. And all the pastors, thank you for being here. But I want you to go back with something that you didn't have when you came. Or I want you to go back with something maybe that had you know, waned a little bit, that, that had, had, you know, got less. I want you to go back with something more than you had when you came. Amen. And so that's my desire. So when we anoint you, when we lay hands on you, I want you to come with an expectation. When you're lining up, we're going to kind of line up and go that way around. We're going to come down that far aisle. Um, the ushers will be there helping you. We're going to be standing over here. Pastors Darby and Madeleine will be helping me. And uh, Prophet Andre and Benjamin can stand here with us as well. And then uh, Pastor Andre is going to hold the oil. And um, <clears throat> so, so he's going to be picking up what is happening in this house by just holding the oil. Amen. And uh, when he goes back, things are going to happen just because he was holding the oil. Is that good? So I just want you to do, um, um, what happened to the anointing oil? Okay, thank you. There it is. Thank, and thank you, thank you. And um, we always mix this oil and uh, we have it ready for the conference. And uh, one of the last things that Prophet Kubis gave me was a bottle of anointing oil. So once I've mixed the bottle, I chuck some of that in here. Am I superstitious? No, I'm a believer. <clears throat> Is it magic? No, it's supernatural. You know, it's something that the Lord instituted. So are you ready? Are you ready? Are you just excited? So just I just want you to stand, get ready, just lift. Because the, the, the anointing changes now for us to minister. Changes as far as teaching the word and prophesying. So everything changes now. Amen. So now I want you to lift your hands. I want you to just become conscious of what God is going to do now. I'm going to um, just put anointing oil on the hands. Just hold it on right there. I'm going to put anointing oil on the hands of those that are going to be ministering. And um, you can already feel now how the whole atmosphere changes. And um, so, so believe for something. Believe for something. If you've had a desire to prophesy, if you've had a desire for healing and miracles, if you've had a desire, it's all part of the anointing. The anointing is another facet, another function of the Holy Spirit. Every one of us is born again, spirit-filled. The Holy Spirit is in us. But that's resident and latent power and authority. The anointing is when it comes up out on us. Amen. And so it's something that is then manifest. Jesus said it in Luke 4:18, quoting Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is on me right now because in the past he anointed me. So what he was saying was there was a consecration as a priest. I was consecrated before. But right now, because of that, so the Spirit has now come up on me. Amen. And so you heard it very clearly this morning. We've got to move into purpose. And every one of us, our purpose is to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus, but then also a disciple maker. So we need to be winning souls and bringing to the Lord Jesus and training them up. Uh, a leader is not a leader when he's gathered followers. A leader is a leader when he trains another, when he's created another leader. A disciple is a disciple when he's creating disciples. Is that okay? So... Christoph and Celia, we sent them out 10 years ago and they came back 21. But that's not all of their church. When they come back the next time, they're going to be 40, 45 or 47. Amen. And so you're going to come back with multiplication. Is that good? And so, so expect something to, to have increased in 
your life. Play something, sing something while I put oil on these guys. from that side but I want all the pastors first I want um, um, Alf first just come through because he's got to leave Pastor Alf just come straight through to the, the thing of the tunnel there all the network pastors quickly get up in there um, and start lining up just go around start lining up get at the head of the queue then everybody else from this block just start marching up all those that want to come through just start going around form a queue down that aisle over there and uh, the ushers will be here to help us Okay, just let's try, try and do it quickly. Try and do it quickly. Try and do it quickly. Now, here's what's not going to happen. So, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go quickly. Thank you. Awesome. 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 Here's what's not going to happen. We're not going to stand and prophesy over you. Okay? We're not going to prophesy. You're going to come through. If the power of God hits you and you feel you're going down, trust the ashes. They'll help you and they'll put you in a nice spot, okay? You can have your own piece of carpet real estate down there, all right? Now, if, if we've laid hands on you and there's no manifestation, it doesn't mean you haven't received anything. Is that okay? Because things are caught. Sometimes it manifests physically, but that's, you know, not always. But that's great. So we want you to be comfortable so the ushers will take care of you and lay you down there. So we're going to just keep the keep the tunnel moving. You're going to just keep walking. Is that okay? So it's impartation. Don't draw on us for prophecy because your focus will have moved. Is everybody listening? Are you listening? Please listen. Don't come and draw on the ministers here for a prophetic word. I have changed the anointing to the laying on of hands and impartation. Is that okay? So don't come and just be looking and peek at Prophet Andre or you know, and just, you know, like, please prophesy. Listen, in the presence of God, that's why I, I allowed Andre to prophesy a little bit. The spirit of hearing is already in the house. So while you're in the queue, God can speak to you. Is that okay? And that will be your prophetic word. Is that good? So you're coming here with an expectation saying, I'm receiving an impartation. I'm having hands laid on me. You know, gifts that I didn't have before, I'm going to have now. Is that all right? All right, so all those in the, in the line, just start raising your hands. Everybody start getting into expectation. Band, just play that again, and let's just, uh, just wait a moment. Just, I want not the cue not to move yet, but just line up. Just get ready, just get ready, just get ready, just get ready. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
Father, we just want to thank you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, not on the catches, Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Okay, just wait, just wait, just slow down while we wait. Thank you, Father. Right, come on, just raise your hands, just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait. Father, I want to thank you. Whoa, stop, 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 stop. I hadn't said go yet, but it's okay. Come on, let's just lift our hands. Stop the queue, stop the queue from moving. Raise your hands. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You can turn it up a bit. Go for it. Push the volume. Push the volume. I'll tell you which one. Talking to the Lord while you're standing there. Mountains are still being still be Thank you, Jesus. God, we believe. Yes, we can see it. The wonders are still what you do. Bodies are still being raised. Right, let's go. Father, thank you.
Thank you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Blessed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Come on. The anointing is increasing. The power is increasing. Whoa. Thank you, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Lay hands. Lay hands. Pray for a leg. Father, in the name of Jesus, take her there. Minister healing. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, for my sister. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, my Lord. Father,
I open doors for you today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Enjoy the presence of God. Blessed. Blessed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Blessed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, more anointing, more power, more Lord. Father, we release and impart in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, I want to thank you. It's just about time. It's just about time for those churches in prayer. God, that you will be a planter of churches, an apostle of God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Bring me a, a, a drop cloth. Bring me a drop cloth. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Put it on. This is thank you. I want to thank you. Father, I want to thank you that whatever it is that you put on me, Father, today, Lord, I transfer like Elijah to Elisha to my brother Godfrey in Jesus' name. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Pomori, blessed. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, I want to just thank you. Ah, blessed, anointed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Blessed in the name of the Lord Jesus, the little precious one. Father, thank you for Madeleine. Ah, thank you, Lord. Anointed family. Anointing, power to do business, but power to preach your word in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, thank you. Romy, thank you, Mr. Oh God, for the boys in the name of the Lord Jesus. All right, let's switch over to the sound man. You can come and start getting in the queue. Father, I want to thank you. Let the prophetic just increase in the name of Jesus. But Lord, there's something about intercession that you are raising up in 
Shane and Stephen, in the name of the Lord Jesus, from midnight last night awake, Lord, and for three hours in intercession. God, I want to thank you. You're a shareholder in what is happening in this place. God, I thank you. A new level. A new level. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Father, thank you for Thank you, Lord. For same thing for you. Same thing. Same thing for Shane. In Jesus' name. The dreams and visions continue. Thank you, Lord. You can turn it up. Turn it up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus. For Greg. Blessed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Chris. Bless Yogi, in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Bless. Come on, come ready to receive. It's just getting more powerful. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, there's a transfer taking place. There's a transfer from these men and women of God to you. You are men and women of God as well. Father, thank you, Lord, for it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My brother, bless, bless in the name of Lord Jesus. Melinda, God, thank you for it. For my sister, bless in the name of Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, it's increasing. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Take me to